It's been good to be in the house of the Lord this day. I've had many thoughts running through my mind, and as we heard this morning, how these are so fat past our finding out. And uh, like Brother Philip said, I didn't prepare a sermon. Uh, but I did study on something that was on my mind, and it seemed like the more I dug, the broader it got, the more beautiful it was. Yeah. I mean, it's in, if I could sum it up in just one word, it's faith. You know how small the word that is, but how big, when you begin to open it up, how much more, how further you can go in all different directions throughout the Scriptures, and understanding the things that God, my blessing, my cup runneth over. Uh, y'all singing so good, I had to turn my hearing aids off. So I don't know why Brother Ricky couldn't hear you. But it, it was beautiful to hear you lifting up your voice and singing praise unto your Heavenly Father. Understanding the truth that you are grounded in. The things that God has revealed unto us in His Scripture. That the, uh, uh, that the men of God that are called are blessed to share these truths with His people. You know, uh, Paul said that he was given a dispensation, but it wasn't for him, it was for you. He was given something for the children of God. And may I ever, as I uh, stand before His people, uh, speak comfortably unto Israel. Cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The blessed uh, promises of God that have been laid down for us and have been made known unto us as uh, His children because it was God's desire for us to know these things. You know, we have eternal glory. We have an eternal home in heaven because of the work of Jesus Christ. But brethren... Even if we'd never been told about it, he's still true. But he had a desire while we sojourn here in this world for us to live with that knowledge of his, his covenant, the covenant of grace, those things that happened before the world began. You know, and Brother Philip looked at a few things to help us to understand how to live as the lively stones that we are. And hearing his thoughts this morning, hearing the words of the songs that you sang uh, was just constantly ringing in my mind. And so at least in my mind, I've been blessed to be in the same field that every one of you are here today. I believe that the Spirit of God is working around among us here this day. And and I hope that you feel the same way as I do. And hopefully that uh, even if I fall flat on my face, as Philip said, the Lord will be glorified. Uh, I just hope that I understand it and recognize it enough to sit down. But the Apostle Paul said in the Roman letter, He said, For I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein 
Is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith? As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. This gospel declares to us how to live by faith. We heard that this morning, being lively stones. The things that we do to to demonstrate that, that life that we have. The just shall live by faith. We need to understand how to live by faith. I think there's many examples, and we'll try to cover a few of them this afternoon, uh, that tell us and give us examples of how we live by faith. What do we do? How do we conduct ourselves? How do we go from day to day and live by faith? How do we show that life that's within us? And and brethren, it's to them, uh, it's the the Gospel of Christ. It's the, the good news about Jesus Christ. That's what the Gospel is. It's a good news from a far country. It goes along and and lifts up the things of the Old Testament that that declare these things that were going to happen and how that they did happen. It tells us this. And brethren, when we read the New Testament Scriptures, when we read the Gospel, it gives us ideas. It gives us understanding to how to live by faith. Righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I want to read an account in the book of Matthew. I want to read all of it. All of this account. Matthew chapter 14. I want to just read through it and then we'll try to talk some more about some of the things that the Lord has blessed me to see about living by faith. When we follow some of the examples, when we see those that live by faith. Now, you, you may have thought I was going to go to Hebrews 11. There's lots of examples there. I'm looking at some of the others. Sometimes we have to look at how not to do things in order to know how to do things. Amen. There are examples of that as well for us. We're going to talk some, hopefully, about Hebrews 11. Because it's important to understand how to, if we're going to live by faith, to understand what we're living by. It's important. And when you realize, and the Spirit gives you that understanding, that blessing to say, That's the truth. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. Hold fast the perfection of our faith. It gives you comfort. It gives you encouragement. It gives you assurance. Thanks be to God, the old Baptist church believed in the assurance of our salvation. Just shall live by faith. Matthew chapter 14. We'll start in verse 22. 
And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth night, or the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is the Spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them and said, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshipped Him, saying, Of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Y'all ever heard that story before? So it's nothing new. But have you ever slowed down and looked at it? I confess I hadn't for a while until recently. When we consider the things that have happened, you know, now this is the 14th chapter of Matthew. And I want to tell you, this is not the first encounter on the water. Not the first time they've ever been in a ship. You remember the time that it happened before? When they were on the ship? Jesus said, get in the ship, we're going to the other side. He went and took a nap. They got out into the water. The wind is boisterous, vehemently beaten on the ship. They were frightened. They were scared. At least they remembered Christ was with them in the ship. So no matter where we are when we're going through the storms, let us remember that Christ is in the ship. Okay? He's there with us. Don't ever forget that. Now, one thing that I, I will say, is, if I'm able to bring several points out here, they all work together. Okay, It's not the things as, as Romans 8, but these things work together. I say that to give myself a little bit of disclaimer because some of the thoughts may come out that's also for that part as well. It's working together. These things that, that we understand about how to interact with our Lord during our lives here in this world, it works together when we follow the truth of the Gospel. When we follow the things that have been laid out for us. They remembered that Christ was in the ship. And, he, and they said, Master, carest thou not? Don't you even care? 
Don't you even care? He did. Amen. He did. He wasn't worried at all. He spoke. The seas calmed. The wind stopped. Now, if you've ever been on the, the water in a, in a storm, you know that the, usually when the waves stop, you know, the storm stopped, but you're still shaking around a little bit. It stops. They marveled that this man had power to speak and even the winds and the sea obeyed him. They marveled at that. At that fact. But he asked them. Or he asked the question in one of the accounts. It says, where is your faith? In one of the other accounts it said, Oh, ye of little faith. Same as he said here. Ye of little faith. In one of the accounts it says, How is it that you have no faith? How is it? Can, can we consider that? How is it that you have no faith? We're going to get back to Peter. Because I know, we all know that Peter says some things sometimes. But this time, I'm going to use him as the main example. If you'll give me that opportunity. He said, how is it you have no faith? Now, for us to understand, you know, we'll just go ahead and say it. Faith is the substance of things hopeful. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a witness. A good report, thank you. One of the brethren in there had a witness. One of them had a testimony. And it said that faith was that witness. Faith was that testimony. Faith was that good report that they had as examples that they pleased God. They walked by faith. They are examples of us. We call it the hall of faith. Understanding that they did what God said. Abraham. God said go. He went. Where'd he go? Where was he going? He didn't know. He said go. Followed him. Amen. Did what he said. I believe that we know that my faith, even though it's little, not any smaller than your faith. My faith may not be any bigger than your faith. How do we know that? You know, sometimes you, we, we watch brethren and as they live their lives and we see examples of faith. We also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We, we have witnesses that, that testify to us that they live by faith. Because of the way they conduct themselves. Amen. Because of the way they serve the Lord. Because they show up out in the middle of nowhere on a Friday morning to serve God. It, it's faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We live 
by our faith. We know, as Paul told us, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Every man has the measure of faith. So your faith is not any bigger than my faith if it's the measure. God's given it to us. But here He's telling us, oh, you have little faith. Where is your faith? How is it you have no faith? There's examples that in Matthew, I think it's in the ninth chapter, no, uh, eighth chapter. And we'll just, this interior. Y'all know the account. He said, Lord, my servant is you. Come and heal him. Or just heal him. Lord said, okay, I'll go to your house. He said, no, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy for you to come under my house. Speak the word, and he'll be healed. And he said, he turned to his disciples. He said, I have never seen, no, not in Israel, so great faith. This was a Gentile man. And the Lord says, he is a great example of faith. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. As he believed. A few, verses, or a few back, chapters back, I believe it is, in the account, we can read about a woman. This one kind of hits close to me in, in my profession. There was a woman that had been sick with an issue of blood. For many years, she had wasted her money on lots of physicians and was none better. (coughs) But she went to Jesus. She reached. Now, I'm going to just kind of paraphrase for you. You know the account. There were so many folks there. I'm going to have to say that she couldn't just walk right up to him. I think she had to get down on her all fours at least, if not on her belly, to crawl to him. Why? Because she didn't come up and slap him on the shoulder. All she could reach was the hem of his garment. And she went to him to be healed. And virtue went out. And she was healed instantly. What do we see about these two examples? We understand in the teachings that without faith it's impossible to please Him. They that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That woman must have believed that He was God. She must have believed that He had the power to do what she needed done. And she went to Him. 
And he rewarded her. He turned to that woman. Now also, you know, to consider the crowd. Jesus said, who touched me? It basically, his, his disciples said, Lord, everybody. There were so many people crowding around you. What do you mean, who touched me? Who didn't touch you? But that one touch. That particular touch. Because of the desire that she had. Because of the knowledge that she had. She must have heard something. She must have believed that He had the power. He had the ability to perform the miracle that she needed. The centurion must have believed that He was God. That He had the power and the ability to do what He needed to be done. And He understood that He didn't have to go to His house. He said, I know that you have the authority. I have the power. I have the authority. He wasn't bragging and saying, I'm a strong guy just like you. He said, I recognize because I tell people to go and they go. I tell them to jump and they say how high on the way up. These things he knew. He understood what authority was. And that this man had authority and power. And that was a great example of faith for you and I here today. Now, I said we'd talk about Peter. Let's go back to Matthew 14. I'm not going to read through the whole thing. Just kind of hit the spots here. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, the best I understand it, that's after 3 a.m. They've been toiling a long time. Right. One of the other accounts said that they went 25 or 30 or 40 furlongs. That's about three and a half miles. They were in the midst of the sea. Now, Jesus came walking on the sea. Isn't it interesting how they stress that? He came walking on the sea. They thought it was a spirit. But, He said, be of good courage. Be of good cheer. That's what it means to take courage. Don't be frightened. When we live in this world, when we're going through the trials and cares of this life, take courage. Be of good cheer. Christ is there with you. Now, even though He had stayed behind, God is everywhere present, nowhere absent. We've got to remember that. Hold on to that fact. Don't let it go. He's always there. He's always with you. But they didn't feel His presence at the time, and they were scared. They were frightened because they the ships was or the wind was contrary. They had been rowing and they weren't going anywhere. If we ever find ourselves that we uh, just feel like we're just not getting anywhere, not getting through anything, not making any headway, just remember the Lord is there with you. Amen. He said, "I'll never leave you, nor forsake you." He's there with us. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they said it was a spirit and cried out with fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. It is I also translates from the Old Testament, I am. 
my understanding. I am was with them. The same I am that has always been with them from the very beginning. Who shall I say has sent me? I am that I am. That was God's response. And Christ here, I am. It is I. He is there with them. God whom they served. God whom they know. Whom they had been taught and trained and brought up to know that very one was in their presence. Was with them in their storm. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. Now, Peter answered him. I want to point that out. Peter answered him. Did Christ say, calm down, Peter, come out to the water and I will show you something? It was Peter that said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. Okay, now I don't know if this was something, you know, Peter the hothead just say want to be showing off. I don't know. I don't believe it was. I believe he was sincere. He must have seen, must have recognized his voice. Do you recognize the voice? You know, but but understand that it was Peter that took the initiative. Okay? Peter asked the Lord a question. He asked him. He initiated. He took the first step. One thing for us to remember as children of God as we try to live in this world that if we draw nigh unto Him, He will draw nigh unto us. There may be times when God is waiting for us to take the first step. I'm not saying that God won't do anything, won't bless us if we don't do the, take the first step. But there are times when God wants us to take that first step. Do like Peter did and said, Lord, bid me come. Amen. Bid me come. But also realize that when Peter asked the question, the next thing had to happen. He had to listen for the answer. He had to hear the voice of the Son of God. And I'm not talking about it in an eternal standpoint. This is for those that believe the Gospel. The Gospel is the good news for the children of God. Those that have been born of the Spirit of God. Because those that are not don't care one bit about it. The preaching of the crosses of them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, which are called, it is the power of God unto salvation. Brethren, hear the voice of the Lord Sometimes he, he, you know, he's not going to be in the storm. He's not going to be in the wind. He's going to be that still, small voice. We have to listen for his voice. Do we calm ourselves? You realize that Peter didn't wait for the storm to pass before he asked the Lord to get that he could come out. He trusted in Christ. He focused his thoughts on the Lord. He heard the voice. He listened, brethren. Hear his voice. Amen. Hear the answer. To the prayer. Hear the answer to the request. If we're going to ask the Lord for anything, do we stop and listen for His voice? The Lord said, come. I'll give Peter some credit. Lord, I know it's You, but... That's water. This first time I've ever seen this happen... I don't know that I could do that. Are you sure, Lord? He didn't hem and haul with him about it. He said, come. 
Amen. And Peter got out of the boat. Or do we have the courage enough? Do we trust in the Lord enough that when He tells us to do it, do we do it? Amen. Do what the Lord says. Be obedient to His commands. Listen for His answer and then do it. I know I've been guilty of that. When I get the answer, I don't really, well, you know, try to talk myself out of it. Give, be obedient. Amen. Do what He's called you to do. Now, one thing about doing what He's called you to do, I can't help but think about when Abraham told his servant to go and find a wife for his son Isaac. He was told to go and do. What was the first thing he did when he got to the area? He stopped and prayed. Prayed to the Lord. The thing that he that I want to take from his situation, he said, I being in the way was led to the house of my master's brethren. You got to be in the way. It's, it's good for us to be in the way. Amen. Saul's not coming after us. For those of the way. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We need to be in the way. We need to be walking in, a, in a obedience under our Heavenly Father. Walking in a way and in situations. Put ourselves to where we can hear His voice. We can hear the answer. Be in the way and do. Now, He did. He stepped out of the boat. And what did He do that was right? He looked at the Lord. He was focused on His Savior. He was focused on the One that had the power to do. He was focused on Jesus. His eye was focused. His eye was single. He had a singular focus to go to the Lord. To be near Him. To be in His presence even in the storm. Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. What happens? When you take your eyes off, immediately he's beginning to sink. But he did have enough trust and knowledge in the Lord to step out of the boat and to go to him. He's walking by faith and he's walking on the waters. But also, he's trusting in the word that God had given. He said, Come. He gave him the power to do what was needed to be done. And he trusted him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Peter had the understanding that you can't walk on water. But he didn't trust in his own understanding. He trusted in the Lord. Immediately, Jesus stretched forth His hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. Remember, He's a very present help in time of trouble. He's right there with you. You, He ain't far away. He's right there immediately. He stretched out His hand and He caught him and saved him because of His cry. Even when He lost His focus, here when He doubted. We need to be careful. 
at this part of the state of the situation here. Oh, ye of little faith. Peter had faith. The faith. The measure of faith. They understand. He had what had been given in the new birth. Because faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Right. And it's given to everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. They are given faith. But there was some belief that had to come in in order for the action, for His works to take place. Faith without works is dead. Being alone. But He said, oh ye of little faith. I'm sure we can all relate to those times when we feel as though we have amazing faith. That maybe we could move mountains. But how long does it last? How long did it last for Peter? It was a short while. Oh, ye of short-lasting faith. He didn't say you had no faith, had very small faith, and not as big as my faith, but your little faith didn't last very long. Wherefore did you doubt? Why did you doubt when I already told you to come? In Mark's account, you know, Mark kind of breezed through things sometimes. But in Mark's account, he made this point. They considered not the miracle of the loaves. They forgot. Why did you doubt? Did you not trust God anymore? Why don't you believe what you have seen? You saw the very works of God in Jesus Christ. The miracles that you've already witnessed. We can go back and see before this account where there was miracle after miracle after miracle. There was no reason for him to doubt. There was no reason for him not to believe that this man was truly the Son of God. Because the witness of the miracles testified the very works that He does gives testimony that He is the Son of God. Now, don't ever forget the miracles. Endure. That's the last part. Uh, we need to endure to remember the miracles that we'd already seen. He fed over 5,000 men, women, and children out of five loaves and two fishes. That was a great miracle. You shouldn't have doubted, Peter. Why did you doubt? Why did you not Believe. That's what he meant. He became unbelieving and began to sink. He doubted in that moment. Brethren, may we all have the strength and the courage to endure. May we exercise our faith day and day in and day out. Exercise the faith. Make it stronger. Work it out. Your, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because God worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. It's His desire for you to exercise your faith. Be an example of great faith. I thank you for that.